Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, with always Alex Barr from 985 Sports Hub. Fresh off the practice field from day four of Patriots Trump, and we got hang times today. But before we get yes. into the good stuff, uh, we'll tease that and we'll get to that at the end. So you're around for the hang times. But um, cooler day on the practice field, temperature-wise, really big crowd on the last day before. Massive Adson. crowd. Massive crowd. Probably the biggest I've seen in a few years, honestly. So uh, everyone on deck, and it was, it was a good day to come because the offense today, right? We heard Max say uh, last week, you want these types of days in training camp. Defense is going to win. Offense is going to win. You want to blow punches back and forth. and, and that's kind of what the offense did today. Good day from Mac. Really good day from Bailey Zappi. The fever, the fever was out in full force. Good, all, good all around. Uh, good sight to see after a few kind of not so great days there to start. I think you needed to see that, and it, you know, good uh, kind of the the calming message when the offense started a little slow for me and you and other people was, hey, they're in low red zone. It's super condensed. There's not a lot of room to work with, and they're not handling it well. And wouldn't you know it, they backed it up. They did full field two-minute, and things were a lot smoother. Now they went back into low red zone at the end of practice, and again, it didn't look good. And eventually, they're going to need to figure that out, and maybe they met with a free agent recently that will help them with that. We'll get to that in a little bit. But it's it's I, I, I how many times did I say, like, it's not like last year right now? I know everybody wants to freak out because we're saying the offense is bad. We said it was bad last year, but – it. They never. This was their best offensive training camp practice in two years. Yeah. Like they never performed as well as they did today last year. Last year's a low bar. A shout out to Leroy Irvin, who I was on the hub with earlier today, who asked me a question that kind of floored me because I feel like Brian, we've been doing everything in comparison last year, and he asked me how they look in comparison to two thousand one, and I had to kind of stop and catch myself. Twenty one. This was more along twenty one. Yes, twenty one. <laughs> This was a more, more this, uh, second podcast of the day. How many hours in? This was along the lines of a 2021 practice in my mind. Yep, I'd agree with that. And you mentioned things got a little clunky in the red zone there. Still, they they're, don't have the run game, right? So you hope when they're inside the five, that would be a, a strength of theirs this year. But I thought Mac wasn't really pushing the ball downfield much, even though he they were you know back on the. the open part of the field in between the twenties a little bit, but I thought his two best passes, he had two really good plays. And we've talked a lot about last year, how bad he was under pressure, right? With rushers in his face. He had two really, really nice plays today. that just kind of control. It was just a little, he had a, a motion to Ramondre and he just dumped it off. And then another one, which was really good. He Jalen Mills came on a blitz. He recognized it just hit Kevin Harris in the flat for an easy touchdown. So I thought, you know, he didn't light up the scoreboard in any way, but it was just kind of what you wanted to see from Mac in these types of practices. Calm, cool, in control, throwing into the blitz, I think is big because that's something he's going to have to be better at this year because the pads aren't on yet, but if today was any indication, the offensive line is as bad as we think it is. So I, I, I thought that throw certainly was notable. But yeah, it wasn't super flashy, but I don't, did he miss anything? Did he have a bad play? I don't think he did. And that's that's building. That's that that's a big building block. No interception, 
for second straight practice now after two Norris Everson. Open. I don't even think he had a ball batted down. Yeah, I don't. Th- it was it was pretty clean from him. I think few incompletions, but nothing. But the the big thing was like the three coverage sacks. He had three coverage sacks at the end once they got into the red zone. So that's well. He also had the one one of the incompletions was Cole Strange got bulldozed by Dietrich Wise and Max like mid drop and just hummed it off his back foot. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the the line. That's the biggest thing. Zappy, really good day for Bailey Zappy. I thought maybe his best practice we've seen since he's got here. He had a really maybe the play of the day touchdown to Jalen Hurd and a whole shot on cover two, as he explained after practice. Back left corner of the end zone. Then he hit Trey Nixon in that same, and then that next session he hit a beautifully thrown fade to Tyquan Thornton. We got a little more involved today too, which was good to see with Zappy. So really good Zappy throughout the day, but ended with an interception, kind of a bad pass. Jalen Mills had a really nice play, but fortunately that before that, it was really solid. Yeah, look, I, I thought that Zappy was excellent today up until that pick. I thought he had a really good day. Um, I'll say that the pick was not a great one and he's working against second team defense. Like, Zappy and I'm already getting gotten on it for the for the in the comments. Zappy had a really good day. There is no quarterback competition. The two can be true. Brian Hoyer had good days back in the day. Matt Castle had good days back in the day. I'm too young to remember, but I'm sure Rohan Davy had good days back in the day. Mac had a really good day today as well. I I thought he looked really good today. But yeah, no, Zappy playing at a high level. I thought early in and it sucks. I have to preface everything with that because some of these fans are so delusional, but I thought the first few days of practice, Zappy looked a little, I don't know if panic's the right word, but like he was pressing a little bit. He was almost a little too confident, right? He had that sidearm throw. And I thought today he let the game come to him. He did what he does best. Bailey Zappy spread quarterback, make the read three step back foot out and and not getting too flashy with Mm -hmm. it. I thought the throw on the out route to to Trey Nixon was a really good throw. I thought he had the fade to Taekwon in the back corner was a really good throw. He he was good. He he was really good today. And maybe if he has like ten more days like this, and he starts having him against the first team offense in in back in Mac kind of backslides a little bit, we can start talking about a quarterback competition. But uh, Zappy looked good today. Yeah, no quarterback competition. I saw a lot of the Zappy fans. You see him in the comments and and. Uh... On Twitter, they were the hive today. And it, let, let me just let me let me just bring this one up. Mac needs an elite O line, or he's a bottom three QB. Zappy doesn't need an elite O line. Uh, he was struggling with the rush today. I mean, Mac was too. They all were. That that just it's not true. It's yeah. not true. One of Zappy's touchdowns. It was he he. It was a rollout, which probably a sack or blown dead in a live scrimmage. But he hit. It was nice adjustment by Tyquan on the back line, and he hauled in the touchdown, but. It would have been a sack in real time. So he, you know, Alito line, you're not going to get that. And it's shaky on both ends. Right. But no, but Zappy was good today. Zappy was good today. Yep. It's really good. And maybe his favorite target, Mario Douglas, popped off. Yes. Pop Douglas. He is not to get too carried away because, you know, four days, knob pads. It's the type of skill set that's going to be really impressive in these types of practices, but he was really good. He he beat Marcus Jones across the middle on uh, a 
touchdown. You saw his acceleration when he was able to pull away. He had a really nice whip route against Isaiah Bolden. I believe, Bolden, right? Not Speed, I believe. And then, so he yeah. he was he was impressive, and, and he's they don't have that type of skill set in another receiver. And so if he can keep stringing these days together when the pads come on, he, he could really make a push here. And it's an exciting kind of prospect that they might have found. So I've, I've used this. You guys have heard me say this before. He's Demario Douglas has checked every box you could want him to check up until this point. I think he certainly has looked the part of an NFL wide receiver, but there's a lot of these guys that are, are you know, fast and quick, but they're small that they're really good until the pads come on. And then once there's some contact, they disappear. So tomorrow, this week, really big chance for Demario Douglas because if he's still doing this when the pads come on, I mean, you have a legitimate NFL wide receiver at this point that they got in the sixth round. So really good day for him again. He started repping with the ones today. That tells me that the coaches believe in what they're seeing. And it's not just us having only half the context thinking he's looking really good, but yeah, he's going to need to do it when the pads come on. I think that's the that that's a big step. Yeah, but that that's enticing, right? Because they haven't had a stop start guy like who can stop and start like that, and probably since Edelman. And we know that mentioned it today. He's watching Troy Brown. He's watching Wes Welker film. Like that skill yeah. set works in this offense with Bill O'Brien. So if that can translate with the pads, that'd be really exciting to watch. So I, 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 I've talked to Douglas in the past and I know he watches a lot of Edelman too. Speaking of the stop start, I mean, it was like one of the coolest plays of the day where Douglas run a quick slant and he catches the ball in stride. But then like, as soon as he catches it, he stopped and ducked and Isaiah Bolden, who was in zone was like flight. Cause it's not tackle, but you know, they go, they wrap up, they do two hand touch. Isaiah Bolden was running over, goes to wrap him up. Douglas ducks and Isaiah Bolden went right over the top. And that sucks because that play is getting a lot of attention and like, I get it, but also Isaiah Bolden had a sneaky, really good day today. So I don't want to take that away yeah. from him, but it was, you saw it within that, um, what Demario Douglas can do. You saw that one, like to stop on a dime, like he did. That's, that's a rare ability. Now he's got to be able to do it when the corners can press and the corners can get hands on him and all that. But that's what we're going to see this week. Yeah. And his second, his, his first touchdown, the one against Marcus Jones, was I want to see from Bill O'Brien too because it looked like they motioned him inside so that you know it was a theoretical corner couldn't even press him given that free release off the line that we talked about what we kind of want to see with Tyquan Thornton so I thought now that they got a little more space too we got some some positives get a little more in depth on Bill O'Brien's offense it was some good stuff there some good little good tease before we really get some get some good stuff with the pads tomorrow hopefully. Yeah, yeah. And then Isaiah, if we want, like Isaiah Bolden, who you just mentioned, he did have a, seems probably is the fourth option for boundary corner besides Gonzalez, Jack Jones, who got some run with regulars for the first time since camp opened, and then Jonathan Jones. So we'll see if they keep a six corner here, but it, it might be leader in the clubhouse early on and that's a sneaky big one i know people are going to roll their eyes at uh fourth quarter fourth boundary corner not even fourth corner fourth boundary corner battle oh boy like what are we doing well you got to remember the patriots like to rotate on the boundary so three guys are going to play significant snaps and 
if Jack, something happens with Jack Jones, like if he gets suspended, now this is a guy that's playing a significant role. And Marcus Jones is kind of the wild card here because he's not a boundary corner, but they've put him out there. But if they want like a third big corner behind Gonzalez and Jack Jones and, and, and John Jones, I guess we want to throw him in there too. Like maybe it's Jalen Mills, but they see, he seems to be stuck at safety. Like he, I think he's going to play safety period. And then there's Marcus Jones. And then you're getting into Sean Wade, Amir speed and Isaiah Bolden. And I think early on Isaiah Bolden has kind of looked like the, the leader in the clubhouse for that spot, like you said, and he brings a lot of intriguing things to the table. Six, three incredible athlete, great length. He looks the part of an NFL corner. Technically, he's raw, but you can coach those guys up, and we know they can coach up late-round undrafted cornerbacks. So it is interesting to see him kind of start to emerge here. And was it one day? Were they giving him a look today? Or is that something we're going to see going forward? Like, I'll be looking tomorrow to see, all right, is Isaiah Bolden out there with the twos again? I thought he was starting in the spring even, maybe climb up that depth chart a little. So keeps building off that that would be positive because you mentioned he's got that size and size really good athlete so if they could develop that they might not need it year one depending on what happens with jack jones but just to have that skill seat type with that athleticism it, it could be you know a really good piece to add to that secondary at, at some point here in the near future so being a good addition there but I mean, the main guy there is Christian Gonzalez still, and he just remains to be awesome. Probably my camp crush, so first-round pick, right? Like, we all kind of were watching him coming in. But got his hands on another football. I'm pretty sure that's every day he's got his hands on a ball. He should have had an interception. It was – Yeah, I mean, based on his reaction, he should have. He was not happy to drop that. Yeah, it was Juju cutting across. Like right on the goal, tried to just kind of shove one to him, and, and he came really close to picking that off one hand. It looked like he lost it when he came into the body, but he just continued hard and just he's getting his hands on the football every day. It's got to be a matter of time before he brings one of these in for a pick. And look, with with, with all the rookies, there's that default. We got to see it with the pads. We we've yeah. got to see it with full contact. But he's playing pretty physically right now. For, for what these practices are, Gonzalez, and that was one of the knocks on him coming out. Remember was that he's soft and, you know, he's more of a sit-and-wait corner. He doesn't attack the football. <laughs> I There was a little bit of his tape in college. I thought that was overblown, but I think they've coached whatever that element of his game was out of him. He yeah. is going after the football right now. He is starting to play a lot more like uh, a lockdown corner, and that's really exciting. Yeah. That was what... We talked with some of the assistant coaches like right after he got drafted, and that was Mike Pellegrino's big thing. He's like, he shows the willingness to do it. He might not always show up, you know, he might not always make the play or something, but he shows the willingness to put his head down. It's like he had that big tackle against Georgia. That was the popular one going around on like Twitter and everything, but he doesn't look afraid to kind of get his hands, stick his head in there. So, but again, as always, we'll see how things look when the pads come on. And then I think the other rookie, we can just keep all the rookies here, was they move out of the red zone and Marte Mapu gets thrown right into the mix, makes that linebacker yep. next to Juwan Bentley. Yeah, so he, he played a couple different spots. He was playing Mike. He was playing on the edge. He played a little slot corner. That Bentley one, though, is the most interesting because 
if you remember back a couple of years ago when Dante Hightower was still here and, and Bentley was a younger player, they would do that. They would put Hightower at the mic and have Bentley on all three downs, like as an edge setter and as a pass rusher, they'd put him on the edge. And he, he was pretty good at that. Now, the last he's better off the ball, and they haven't had another off-the-ball linebacker, so they haven't been able to do that the last two years. But, you know, on third downs, like I think Bentley's an underrated pass rusher. On third downs, if you can put Mapu at the mic and put Bentley on the edge opposite Judon, opposite Uche with one of them and let him pin his ears back, it's just another wrinkle in a defense that's going to be so multifaceted. It's yet another thing opposing offenses have to prepare for. Yeah, that would be a real, a real good dynamic piece there to add. And and he is still in the red non-contact jersey, so we'll kind of see his participation level as we get to the right. full pads tomorrow. That that'll be interesting to watch. But we've talked so much about his athleticism, pairing that with Bentley, and now even allowing Bentley to go other places, line up in different looks. And as you said, I think he is a really underrated pass rusher. So if you can let him rush the passer a little more and give Mapu those coverage assignments, just another piece for this defense to, to really have try to have a special year because their, their talent level is off the charts. Yeah. So that was the secondary, pretty much defensive line. We'll see more of that tomorrow. But they although gave... we did, we did see Dietrich Wise uh, yeah. bowl over Cole Strange today. Was, so there, yeah. there are a couple moments today. We saw that. We saw Jelani Tavaya kind of accidentally light up. Uh, was it Pierre <laughs> Strong? Strong? Right. They're 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 ready for pads. You can yeah. tell they're they're ready to start hitting out there. Yeah. Well, so we'll see how the offensive line handles that too. On the flip side, it was still, yeah. it was still Bill Murray who got even more praise from Bill Belichick prior to practice. The nobody works harder than Bill Murray. Um, still at right guard and Connor. Well, I thought it was it. funny how so Bill said that for practice. Nobody works harder than Bill Murray, and then Bill Murray got a false start, and it was the first lap of the year, and he full sprinted it. Sprint. <laughs> So nobody worked harder than Bill Murray. Also, just as a quick aside, it's a long camp. It's however many days. Like, people are going to jump off sides. Four days in for the first lap. Again, this is super low bar, but from where they were last year, like, they, they couldn't stop jumping off sides and lining up wrong last year. So to go four days without an offensive penalty is encouraging. Which Kasiki kind of talked about the other day, right? Just yes, uh, Friday, level, yeah. How much... They're not having these penalties pop up a lot. It seems like he might have been tuned into what happened last year here or something. But uh, so good that you don't want penalties, but four days in for your first one is pretty good start there. And then Connor McDermott back over Riley Reef there on, on the right tackle spot. So that's probably the biggest battle we're going to be kind of watching here as the pads come on tomorrow. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's the big one. And that's what we've been waiting for is yep. – this offensive line, the tackle position especially, really is where this team's going to get undone if they get undone. And it's already concerning that it was Riley Reef, and now it's turned into rotation. But now we're going to see for sure, like at 34 years old, where is Riley Reef at? Can he be the starting right tackle? Or is it going to have to be Connor McDermott? Are they going to have to get creative? I'm also interested to see if Mike Onwenu or Calvin Anderson gets back out on the field tomorrow now that, again, those linemen are in the spotlight. Yeah. Riley Reef will be interesting because his game at 34, his game in, really was throughout his career. It was predicated on, you know, more a power blocker strengths with the pads on. 
the foot speed, as we've talked about it, is a worry. And we've seen guys through the first days of camp kind of blow by him around the edge there. So maybe now that he's able to be a little more aggressive, he can maybe start to separate himself from Connor McDermott. But if not, it looks like McDermott will be the main competition there. No one else has really made his charge yet. Not that we were expecting him to without pads, but that's right. that's the battle the battle to watch here. So that'll pick up tomorrow with the pads. So do you want to hear from our pals at FanDuel before we get into some hang times here? Yeah, let's do that. Uh as soon as uh, there it is. All right, let's do that. Just looking the Red Sox got walked off again. <laughs> yeah. Also, my buddy just sent me his uh big fantasy draft he does every year. Somebody took Zeke in the twelfth round. I think it's like a twelve team league. Oh, round. Interesting. Touchdown Vulture Zeke, which we can get into. We'll get into Zeke. Yeah, I should have saved that. But um, so special teams for the first time this summer, we got some team punting drills. So Bryce Berenger and Corliss Waitman, what were want to rattle off some of the, some hang times we got? Yeah, so the hang times today, I think the second punting period was a quick release period because the hang times were like oddly short. But I had Corliss Waitman down for 4.87, And then his last one, because I said that last period was short, I think he was like, all right, I got I know this kid's up there time, and I'm not going to give him one. Wrapped up with a 5.22. And I had Behringer at 4.44, 5.18, 4.81, 4.67, 4.79, 4.32, 4.43, 4.44. And then Behringer with the last punt, he saw the 4.22. And he put out a 4-3-3. So I thought Baring was the better punter today overall. Not just the hang times. I thought the rotation on the ball was, was definitely significant. The other interesting wrinkle to it, when they did live field goal drills, Baringer was the holder pretty much throughout. I didn't see Corliss Waitman hold today. And Baringer was holding for uh, both Ryland, who got most of the reps today, and Nick Folk. So that tells me Baringer is in the lead for that punter job. Yep. And I thought Ryland was, was really good today. The ball just jumps off his foot. I was when they were doing first half of practice was very heavy, like walkthrough stuff. And on one half of the field, Ryland was kicking, and I was just watching him kick. He he really has some some power on that ball. It jumps off. He was five for six in the two minute two minute drill at the ends, and it looked like the one miss might have been a bad snap or hold in that department, but he. He took credit for it after he pushed it right. But we said it, it'd be kind of surprising if they moved away from a fourth-round pick, and I don't think anything that Ryland's done so far would warrant that. I think he's been really solid here. Yeah, I, again, I've, I've been under the assumption that it's going to be Ryland's shot yeah. kicking. I think the punter competition is a lot more interesting, and, and today was definitely – so, all right, I had Waitman after the spring, and we they didn't do any team punting drills until today. I thought Beringer was – uh, like clearly the better punter today. Yeah. So that, that rookie duo would be exciting to go into the year with if they can keep this up throughout the summer. That'd, That'd be, be fun. Yeah. I know. Has anyone ever, I know it's been like 20 years since that someone's drafted. Has anyone gone throughout a year with a rookie kicker and punter? Do you know? I don't believe so. I think that Raiders team was the last team to do it. Awesome. Period. Yeah. There's probably been like spot games here or there, but start the season or primarily for the season. I think it's that. Yeah. So that'd be fun to go through the year with, but we'll see how that develops. But um, 
yeah, that was pretty much all I had throughout practice. I don't know any other little details, things you picked up throughout the day. Yeah, I had, I had a couple of smaller notes. Uh, just, you know, while we're on special teams, and we talked about this back in the spring, but Jordan Healy continues to work, you know, what call it one-on-two or two-on-one with Matthew Slater and, and Cam Accord. That's a guy that I think is angling for roster spot. So that's notable, certainly. Um, I You know who's having like a sneaky good camp too? Going back to defense is Jelani Tavai. Yeah. Had another pass breakup today. He's kind of like showing he's not going to be a, a feature third down player passing down player he's not but i i am interested to ask him ask him i think he worked on his coverage ability this offseason like juan bentley did last year and came back and it was night and day and i wonder if maybe he did some similar things but you're seeing him make plays in coverage and if he has even three down versatility you're not going to play him on all three downs but maybe he can give you something if you need it on third downs what does that mean for a guy like Ronnie Perkins or Anthony Jennings? Does that have them keeping one less linebacker? Because Jelani Tavaya can do just a little bit more. I think that's that's uh, an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, he's had a really good camp. Just solid all-around player. Um, Marcus Jones, we talked about him a little earlier. He kind of had a rough day in coverage. Got beat twice for two touchdowns. Um, and I noticed... Not that it's a major surprise, but if we were a lot of talk about Gerard Mayo throughout the offseason, you know, new potential yeah. role, new title. He didn't get a new title. Some people thought he would, but it, it was Steve Belichick, I noticed, on the walkie-talkie calling defensive plays today. So Which has been the case. Yeah, so it doesn't look like anything is going to switch there if, if Mayo is taking on more responsibilities in, in some matter. Yeah, well, and I mean, they're also stretched thinner, too, because Brian Belichick's not out yeah. there. He had that, that knee injury that, that has him. Uh, he can't come to the facility right now. He's still involved behind the scenes. That's what the report is. But so you have Steve back working with the safeties like he did when he first got into coaching and, and Gerard's just on the linebackers now. So everything's stretched a little thin. But yeah, that's that's what it's been, right? Steve calls the defense, so it doesn't seem like that's changed. Yep. So all, all about the same there. So... I guess we can end with some running backs because. Well, I mean, let's before we get to that. I mean, I think it's probably worth you know looking ahead. Full pad practice tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We we kind of talked about the linemen, but the other things you know to watch when the full pads come on. I think Demario Douglas is certainly a guy to watch when the pads come on. I can't wait to see Johnny Lumpkin when the pads come on. I think we all know that. And something that's flying a little under the radar, maybe because this rookie class is doing so well to start. Cole Strange, year two jump. Is it real? Had a rough day today. Does he rebound tomorrow? Does he show tomorrow that maybe he's he's made some progress from last year? Yeah. It would be nice to see Taekwon also build off yeah. two touchdowns today with, with Zappy. If they get back into more in that in between the twenties area, can he still make an impact and how will they scheme him away from contact, maybe now that they will be in pads? But yeah, it's the offensive line that's going to be the main thing. Although Marte Mapu, too, we'll see if he's still out there in the red and how involved he gets with contact. So it, it's this is when the fun starts, right? This is when the, the teaching part of this is kind of over, and now it's evaluation and competition, and the good stuff kind of picks up. Real football, as Bill Belichick yeah. likes to call it. Real football. And maybe they'll have another running back on the roster because I'm 
guessing it's going to be pretty heavy run game the next day or two as you know yeah. first two days safe bet and it's still no time montgomery again today and it was it's still a light room it's still a very light room especially it, it's really highlighted in those positional drills when pierre strong goes and does special team work it's ramondre kevin harris and jj taylor and that's not the depth you probably need at the running back position right now so we know they've been kind of testing the waters there and it continued yesterday because they had zeke elliott in for a visit i think he's i think dalvin cook's better player obviously but i think for what they need i think zeke's might be the best option short yardage back can come in around the goal line and and punch it in he still had 12 touchdowns last year and he's a real exceptional pass blocker so i think he'd be a great fit for what they need here and would be a good addition to that room i don't i'm surprised dalvin cook's not a jet already yeah so kind of ruling that out i really like zeke for them i think some of the things you said like the experience he brings a veteran mind to it good bowling ball back like goal line runner he can take on some of those more physical carries damian harris had also if they're going to struggle to throw the ball inside the five you need a good uh, goal line back right and you have potentially one of the best goal line backs in the league in in ezekiel elliott uh who i think you know he's not the player he was maybe two or three years ago but at the same time i outside of derrick henry I need two yards. I don't know how many more, how many backs I'm giving the ball to before Ezekiel Elliott right now. Um, really good pass blocker, good football IQ, all of that. And, you know, from their end of things, like Cook's going to cost real money. And again, I think he's going to the Jets anyway. Even Fournette has a couple other teams interested. This is the first time Zeke's been attached to anybody in three months. Yeah. I don't think they're bidding against anybody. And it may come down to, hey, you come play for a million and a half, two million, or you sit out the year. And is Zeke going to sit out the year? I don't think he is because, you know, um, it's got what's it called that you get like after you retire the um oh the uh uh I can't think of the name of it i know what you're talking about though <laughs> yeah yeah um but anyway so he he needs to get a couple more years service time under his belt so i think zeke makes a lot of sense now i don't think the sign is going to be uh imminent if the way they've done things in the past that i kind of look at it is they'll go through the padded practices this week which again, as Bill Belichick says, the start of the evaluation evaluation stage, they'll go through the padded practices this week, maybe those joint practices next week in Green Bay, and then they'll look at it and say, all right, we you know, do we need another running backer? Because if they go through that and Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong are both great through the padded practices, then maybe they say, all right, we got three solid backs. JJ Taylor's the emergency guy, we're in good shape. If they look at it and they're like, I, you know, Pierre, uh, stronger Kevin Harris isn't ready, then maybe they go and say, all right, yeah, we, we, we need their guy at this position. Yeah. And maybe Ty Montgomery's injury isn't as serious as it might look right now, but we kind of, kind of gauge the market there and see how that develops. But sounds like they'll stay in touch. I know obviously he left yesterday without a, uh, without a contract. I think there was a report that he was still. Oh, it was pension. Today. NFL pension. Pen that's, that's the word the I was word. thinking of. Sorry. Continue. That's the word. <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounded like he was still in town today, out for dinner with Mac Jones, it looked like, last night. Maybe Mac can be a better GM here than Matt Judon. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it maybe drags on and they see what they have in these sophomore backs with the pads on before anything, anything yeah. settles there. But. I'm, I'm definitely not rolling out Zeke being a Patriot. 
I just yeah. I don't think it's going to happen in the next day or two. I think yeah. you're looking at more like early mid August that that would happen. Yeah. And someone with Zeke, he willing to be a backup. I don't think he has another choice really right now. I don't see where he's right. going to go to start. I know he wasn't big on the whole Tony Pollard situation last year, but that's, I mean, it's July 30th. There's not going to be a team unless someone like gets hurt the next week. It's right. But again, it goes back to that point of is it, it would he sit out the year? Cause it doesn't seem yeah. like he has options. So mm-hmm. I don't think he'd love being a spellback. I don't think he'd love backing up Ramondre Stevenson, but I think he'd rather do that than not be in the league. Cause generally with these guys, like, Sometimes players will sit out a year and come back. They get a job. Jimmy Graham just sat out like two, right? But once you're out of the league for a year, that changes the way you're viewed. And it also changed you as a player. Not that Zeke's at the level Le'Veon Bell is at, but remember Le'Veon Bell sat out that year was never the same. If Zeke sits out this year, people are going to start considering him retired, whether he is or not. Like he's going to get that retired unofficially retired label. And that's the last thing he wants. If he wants to extend his career. So I, I think he's going to have to, he's going to have to settle and it sucks that the league is in this position right now with running backs. That's a much bigger issue, but it does seem like Zeke's going to have to settle. And why not do that? In New England. Yep. Where he'd also get a revenge game against Dallas week four in Dallas too. I right. Believe, right. Aren't yeah. They in Dallas. Yeah. So that, that would be, maybe that's appeasing for him, but so we'll see where that goes. And then in more running back news, a Patriots legend, Sony Michelle, retired last night. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Sony Michelle. Obviously didn't go maybe great for a first-round pick, but he was a pretty instrumental part of that, that Super Bowl championship in, in 2018. So I know he like just signed a, a contract with the Rams, but that's that's a mood you go to work for a few days and then you say no i'm good so sony michelle handing them up weird trajectory to his career because i always like people like love to pick on the sony michelle pick and i would say yes that was a bad draft pick but sony michelle being a bad pick has nothing to do with sony michelle himself they they just they should not have taken a running back there they, they it is so hard to justify taking a running back in the first round they were not in position to do so even him versus Nick Chubb, I think a lot of that discourse is revisionist history. Yeah. Coming out, they both had knee issues. And the, I, the difference in what I think put it over the top for the Patriots was Nick Chubb fumbled a lot in college. And people forget that. But Nick Chubb had a lot of trouble holding onto the ball, whereas Sony Michelle didn't. Now, you could have taken Sony Michelle maybe in the second round and been fine, but he was never going to live up to that first round billing. That being said, He's a good player. Rushed for, you know, just under a thousand yards as a rookie. Was great in that playoff run in 2018. Had a pretty good 2019. I was actually looking today. I forgot. He pretty much put up comparable numbers in 2019. 2020, he gets hurt. Damian Harris emerges, got buried, and then got traded in 2021. And was kind of a backup for the next two years. Had trouble sticking. He got hurt again a few more times. But uh, his, his 336 yards in that playoffs Patriots franchise record for the most in a playoff six touchdowns, the most for a player in a single playoff. So it, I, yeah, they, they shouldn't have taken him in the first round and he was never going to justify that pick. But that aside, especially for a running back in the modern era, like, yeah, he only played five years. Well, he rushed for basically a thousand yards in two of them and he won two Super Bowls. That's objectively not a bad career. So congrats to him on retiring and, and all that, but 
um, yeah, it's just it, it it's an interesting era of, of Patriots history. We can say this: he was not the worst first round pick the Patriots made that year. So there is that. Also, just from the college football football point of view, amazingly dominant college football oh, yeah. player. That Rose Bowl game he had, outstanding. He was awesome at Georgia. And I know the big ones like Lamar and then Nick Chubb, obviously, but a whole different thing. I thought Michelle was probably ranked higher than Chubb coming out. Uh, probably even had more potential as a pass catcher, which they, which they probably like. So yeah, that's revisionist history. But obviously that 2018 postseason, big touchdowns in Kansas City, the lone touchdown in the Super Bowl, it was – Maybe not worth the first round pick, but but you know he he was a big part of that. So yeah, congrats to him uh, on, on his retirement there. Yeah. So back pads tomorrow, first time. Anything else here before we kind of wrap it up? I think that pretty much covers it. Real football starts tomorrow. I'm uh, I'm excited. Oh, shout out to the crowd today. If you went today, yeah. awesome crowd. That was that was as many people as I've ever seen at a training camp practice. They were up on the ramps and people watching from the parking lot. So it, it was good energy too. So shout out to the crowd today. They even had like the top. If you go on like the top of the ramp, they had a continue into the stadium almost. It looked yeah. Like. So yep, very good crowd. It was beautiful day out. Kind of got that football chill in the air. So. Real football tomorrow, and right we'll there. be back to this. We're right there, and we'll be back to discuss it. So, until then, you can go follow Alex on Twitter at Real Alex Barth, and go read all his training camp coverage over at 985thesportshub.com. Follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines, and go read all my training camp work over at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in.